So now I live in LA, and uh, it's a trip, isn't it? I came from Canada, and everyone's like, oh my God, LA. Oh my God. <laughs> That's where everyone makes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where everyone gets rich, or else just marry someone who is rich. It's going to be amazing. You're going to find a rich guy, and you're going to get married to him. And I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> I've never understood the whole, like, marry a rich man, uh, because... Being rich doesn't make you kind or give you a bigger dick. Like, <laughs> that's all I want in life is to find a kind-hearted, big-dicked man, okay? <laughs> Just a big swinger of a dick. Girthy, real long. Give me lots of foreskin. Give me a five-skin, okay? Give me... <laughs> that's all I want. Actor and comedian Aisha Alpha shoots! On the world! It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. It's an Irish drinking song. Do we have any Irish people out there? <laughs> All right. Do we have any drinking people out there? And <laughs> you'll like the song. Yeah. I think that I'll drink a two for a beer and give a fuck you to my troubles and fears. I don't know a lot, but I'll tell you this it's all turning into a two for a piss. I open the box, flip on the TV, a hockey game's on or whatever I see. Staring at the first beer, I jokingly frown that you and your buddies are all going down. It's a joke. <laughs> I get down to business and take a big sip, and before you know it, it's gone pretty quick. A second is needed, followed by a third. By beer number six, I'll be swearing my words. <laughs> beer seven through nine, and I'm feeling fine. Ten, eleven, and twelve get me feeling myself. Like a dim-witted fox Cause there's more beer in me Than left in the box <laughs> Beer 14 through 19 Uncomfortably numb I cry for no reason And call up my mom <laughs> You never fucking love me! <laughs> I'll see you Sunday <laughs> Punch holes in the wall With the end of my to my neighbor's cat. <laughs> Beer 20 is plenty, but just not enough. Beer 21's fun if you're liking it rough. Good till the last drop of Beer 24. I know what I'm done when my face hits the floor. Okay, we're going to leave it there. That's the Irish drinking song from Comedy Loser at the Kingshead Pub 10 years ago, 2010, that was uh, delivered. And uh, my name is Ronald George Moore. I'm your host to the, uh, to the podcast you're listening to, which is called the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. Word. Today's guest, um, you heard her at the beginning of the show. Her name is Aisha Alpha. Let's get the spelling straight right now. It's A-I-S-H-A, Aisha 
alpha, A-L-F-A dot C-O-M. Go to there. Go to that. AishaAlpha.com. You're going to find links to her album called All the Parts, which is funny. Like, do you know funny? If you do, then you're going to know the album. You can get it. It's available on, it seems like it's available on all the things that you would need it to be available on, if that makes sense. Uh, For example, um, Pandora. That's new to me, but yeah, Pandora, you can get it on there. iTunes, you can download it off iTunes, the iTunes store. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, Tidal, even Tidal, folks. It's still around. Deezer. Deezer and SoundCloud. You can go to SoundCloud. That's where uh, our home away from home is SoundCloud. And uh, yeah, all the options are there on our website, AishaAlpha.com, including uh, video clips and all the info you need, her touring dates when, uh, of course, the tours get back in action, plus links to her, what do you call it, Uh, her Twitter, her Instagram, her YouTube, her Facebook. Get it all in one spot. AishaAlpha.com And it was a real pleasure that um, she, uh, talking to her, interviewing her, I I can't believe, frankly, she agreed to talk to me for more than five minutes. Uh, When uh, she started doing comedy in Winnipeg, and we get into that conversation, I would see her a lot at the open mics at the Cavern. And uh, she was always very nice. It was great to talk to, always funny, always... um, looking ahead. What's the next thing? And that's why I'm always like, wow, now she's living in LA. She's, um, you know, got a great career and under uh, the All Things Comedy label with this album, it's like, wow, she is really kicking ass. Kicking ass and chewing gum or whatever that thing is. So go follow her. And while you're at it, you can always follow the big show here. Um, we're on Twitter at capital M, capital B, capital M, money shot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Facebook, there's a Manitoba money shot page on Facebook. Uh, there's a YouTube you can subscribe. Not a lot of action going on there, frankly, but you just never know what's going to be popping on that YouTube page. You just never know. Um, and Aisha Alpha's YouTube page is awesome. Like there's so much stuff on there. She's done so much, not just stand up at just for laughs and not just a correspondent on the Beaverton uh, and much music. She's of course done movies like uh, she's been in Lucky Christmas on Criminal Minds. And of course, the big one in my heart is Degrassi. (laughs) She was, she is in the Degrassi canon. How fucking cool is that? That is the coolest, man. And after you're done with this episode, after you use us like a cheap whore, <laughs> sorry, um, go check out the other cheap whores. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong. Obviously, they're not cheap whores. They're very talented actors, musicians, comedians, actresses, writers, all bonded together under a prairie sky and a chilled. Blanket, no, not chill blanket. A winter winter coat? I don't know. We're all from Manitoba. Or somehow have crossed paths with this beautiful province. So, yeah, tons to listen to. Drop in now, Friday uh, foreplay and Tuesday tango. Lots to listen to. I hope you like it. Thanks again. Bye! <laughs>
Okay, we're rolling. Yes! Yay! With Aisha Alpha. Hello. How you doing? You know, um, it's still COVID times. It's still craziness, but I, uh, pretty good spirits today. Pretty so, good spirits. I was just saying how, like, a couple times. You're, you're from, uh, you're in LA. Are you in Hollywood, Hollywood, California, or on the outskirts? I'm in, I'm, like, right in Studio City, actually. So oh. I'm right by, like, Universal and... Yeah. Like right where all the studios are. You're living in dreamland, um, fantasy world. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you're from Winnipeg. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You, you were born in Nigeria. Is that I was right? born in Nigeria, but I moved to Canada when I was two, to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Winnipeg when I was four and lived there, like, my formative years. Yeah. And then I went to university at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Oh, okay. And then I went overseas... I lived in Korea um, for four years, mm-hmm. and then I did a bunch of traveling, and then I was in France for a little bit to like learn the wow. language more, and wow. then I moved back to Winnipeg in 2000, 2008, that's when I moved back, yeah, and started comedy in 2010. Yeah, because it's funny, I was talking with uh, uh, our friend Jeff Sinclair, and mm-hmm. he was saying, I was mentioning I was going to have you on the show, and he's like, oh, did, I bet you don't even know that we met in Korea before yeah, yeah. you were even doing comedy. <laughs> Yeah, so weird. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cr- that's crazy. Like the connections around the globe are all come from the prairies. <laughs> so let, let's talk about Winnipeg a bit. What part of the city were you, were you brought up in? I lived my entire Winnipeg um, life until I moved out on my own in Saint Vital, baby. Saint Vital. Nice. We lived in like a bunch of different houses, but all of them were in Saint Vital. So, oh, that's cool. It's like that's really my stomping ground. Right, right. And so you were always at that mall. Saint Vital Mall. Oh yeah, baby, Saint Vital Mall. Still go there when I come home. <laughs> That's funny. The last guest, uh, Paul Anthony, is from Saint Vital too. He was talking about how he'd go to the bay and and grab uh, the wheelchairs so they can ride around, the race around the mall. <laughs> the mall too is just known for like people uh, walking the malls in the morning, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good walking mall. We used to go when we were kids to uh, uh, Woco. Remember Woco? I do. Yeah, yeah, Woco for sure. I'm we old. went there. And we used to go, my girlfriends and I, my one girlfriend would go there and steal bras and like go in the change room, put a bunch of bras on and then walk out with them. And we would go to the candy bin when they had the bulk candy and yeah. fill up our bags with like candy and like all the sour sugar and just eat it while we we're walking around and then just ditch the bags. And like, it was great. You're like, no one's going to come and, you know, give you but trouble. You know what? We got in trouble. This person like followed us one time and was like, come with me. You guys are shoplifters and took us to the back. And I'll always remember there was a big poster of a red corvette in the back office right. and the song lady in red was playing and we were so like two, a bunch of us were like we were a group of four and like three of us were just like shitting our pants we were so terrified i'm like oh my god my dad's gonna kill me oh, no. and then our one friend melissa they were like filling out all these reports and intimidating us and she goes what are you gonna do with those and the guy was like uh well we're gonna file them and it's gonna be part of your file and she's like are you calling our parents are you gonna do anything are you calling the police and yeah. he's like well, no. And then she goes, then we're leaving. And she just got up and we were like, uh, we like just followed her out. Nothing happened. <laughs> oh my great. God. Yeah. <laughs> I guess once you realize they're not real police officers. Yeah. That, uh... <laughs> it's like Woco police. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. and so you're hanging out at the, the mall and I guess you're going to Dakota Collegiate. So I went to high school at St. John's Ravens court. Wow. I nice. was, I was recruited over there cause I was good at academics, but also, a good athlete and they didn't at the time they um 
had a ratio of one to four for girls to boys. So forming any good teams were very difficult. Um, And so they were often heavily recruiting female athletes, and I was one of them. But I went to Victor Major School for primary and Darwin for um, elementary. Right, right. Did you... uh find it difficult to transfer over those are public schools but St. John's a private school was was yeah. the transition hard for you or because you did you, you left some friends I imagine yeah I mean like I was still friends with my friends I I switched schools a couple of times mm-hmm. um and I was already friends with some of the people from SJR just because um where I lived there were some of my friends from my area went to SJR and they had gone to Darwin previously so that's actually kind of how I got hooked up with the school yeah. but um so I didn't, I mean, like, I still have my, I still had my friends from Darwin and everyone, like, kind of split and went to either Dakota or Glenlawn or SJR or, like, CJS. It was kind of already people were splitting up anyway. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. you enjoyed the school, right? It's, uh, it's, it has a great reputation. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people had a lot of trouble with high school, but high school was, like, like utopia for me. Our grade right. in particular, like, teachers commented about it all the time, how they were like, it was just weird. Like, you guys just all got along. There wasn't, like bullying like you hear like the horror stories of other schools and it's a, a small school I think we had like 75 people in our grade like it's small wow. yeah. it's much bigger now but like I knew everyone's first and last name and I knew everyone's parents you know like yeah. it's hard to be a bully when everyone's really connected like that I think right um so I had a, yeah, I had a great time in high school I is that it. where you discovered uh soccer I don't I don't know do you say football or do you say soccer you say soccer I, I say soccer because I lived in Canada but I understand football as well it's fine right you excelled at it was it did it start uh in the high school or was that earlier on I started playing soccer when I was, I think, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also played basketball to a high level, like, on the provincial team. And then wow. I just played, like, I loved track and field. I was on a provincial championship volleyball team in high school. Like, we just, I just played everything. Full and it wasn't until, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until university that I had to, like, actually pick something. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go with soccer. And then that's when I sort of, like dropped everything else and just focused on soccer yeah and what is that what are you taking at university then it's a sports degree it's a i never I went and i'm took, an idiot no was, <laughs> the truth is the only reason i went at that time to university was to play soccer so like i literally was like mom what should i take my mom's like well i don't know if you don't know what you want to take just take psychology because it's basic and it's like general and you can get into anything from that so i was like boom psychology it is good advice and then i ended up specializing in sports psychology and like mental training sports psychology yeah. Wow. Like a, it's own subdivision. A lot of like visualization and yeah. like mental training for athletes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And then so you went to Korea because based on yes. your sports, you know. So yeah, I played, I, so it, it's kind of a weird jump. Like I played university soccer and then I played in the World University Games, um, which happens every two years. It's like the Olympics, but for university students. Yeah. And then I came back home. And then I played at the in the on the Ottawa Fury, which was in the W League, like the professional North American League. Yeah, I remember that. Are they still around? Yes. No, no it's okay. that, the W League's gone. But I played in there that league for two years, and then wow. I went overseas to Korea and played in a men's soccer team. Yeah, I heard the men's. Were you the only female on the men's? I was the only female who had ever played in the entire league. 
um, and was a starting defender. And I'd always played striker, but I was a starting defender on our team. Right. And then I, the only other woman who's played who played at the time was one of my girlfriends who I brought over from Canada. Yeah. We had played together in university, and she played on the rival team. So in my second season with them, she came over, and we used to like play against each other. It was hilarious. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that creates a lot of competition, a lot of, but you're obviously good friends and no, no trouble came out of that. Uh, and then you just decided to come back after it finished or how did it end in in Korea? I was at the time I was like, I was playing, um, soccer. I was playing Gaelic football as well, which is an Irish game and like super, isn't it rugby? It's kind of like rugby, but it's like, um, slightly different rules. So you, you, you also have like a it's it's like soccer mixed with rugby with like some other elements of different sports. Oh my god, it. I'm Irish. I've never heard of Gaelic really? football. It's this is so much fun. Yeah, you got to look it up. Gaelic is like there. It's really only played mostly in Ireland or in places where there's like leagues that have a lot of Irish people, like expats who live in Asia. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played on a Gaelic football team and then I was working I taught English for a little bit and then I worked for a publishing company in Korea and I was dating this guy who owned this Irish bar so I had this like great lifestyle where I was just like traveling and playing sports and making money and then I was just like what am I doing with my life is this what I really want to be doing like is this fulfilling at all like am I I, yeah it was just like flashy but like an empty lifestyle to be honest and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with life. So I was like, well, I tr- backpacked for a while and traveled. And then I went to France and took a French language course. Yeah. And then I just moved home, like, into my childhood room with my parents, um, which <laughs> felt like, oh, my God, I'm, like, hitting rock bottom right now. Like, I'd spent all my money that I'd saved, broke up with the dude I was dating. Like, it was yeah. just, like, starting from scratch again. Um, sure. And what better and was, like, place to do to it than, than with your parents at home base? That's actually pretty smart. I mean, they're pretty awesome that they let me just come and live. I ended up, like, forcing them to take money for rent because they were like, no, we just want to support you while you, like, figure out what you want to do. Right. Um, but it's weird, like, going back to your parents' home when you're an adult because they're still, like, you're still their kid, and they're like, where are you going tonight? I was like, I'm, like, 30 almost. Like, I don't want to have to talk to you about what I'm doing every they, night. They can't break the habit. We'll see what you're like when your son's 30, you know? I know. <laughs> Hopefully he's not living gonna, in your basement. But. I'm going to be like, why are you not snuggling me at night? <laughs> <laughs> creepy mom. Uh, you know, speaking of your parents, uh, I know your dad's from Nigeria and your mom's from a farm, a Manitoba farm. I was wondering mm-hmm. what municipality. She was from um, Pikestone, Manitoba. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have not. That's wild. It's I've... very small. It's like 190 people. Um, it's like north and west by the Saskatchewan border. Um, wow. And it's tiny. Yeah, her parents were farmers. And it, yeah, there's like a post office. There was a hotel. I think the hotel burnt down, and there was a grocery store. It's not and a, a diner. fire station. <laughs> no fire station. So just let it yeah, burn. Like, just let it burn. What are we gonna do? You know. <laughs> awesome. So, all right. So then you're you're back at home base, and around this time, uh, you were being a life coach. Is it? Yes. No. So I had like done the, this mental training stuff in sports psychology and and I had one teacher who was a life coach and he was like you should do this it's really like feels like it fits your personality and so when I came back and I was like I don't know what I want to do and I tried these different things and I decided you know what I'm gonna like contact this guy again he encouraged me and I got certified as a professional life coach yeah and then started coaching but then also like started getting into like motivational speaking and that 
is sort of then the thing that got me the closest to acting and comedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to try that. And that's how I made the jump over. Right, because I remember uh, you were doing the open mic at the Cavern on Sundays. Oh, my favorite place in the world for comedy. The best. The best times had were there. And that's actually the first time I ever even heard the term life coach because I guess you were oh, yeah. your your uh, comedy was talking about yourself and of of course you know relaying information about what you know to the crowd and making it hilarious. But yeah, I was like life coach. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, still, I think then it wasn't really a, as popular, especially in Winnipeg. It wasn't really a popular thing. I was always having to explain to people what I did, and but I ended up like working with like big important people once they kind of got what I did. Yeah. Um, really? Wow. But to be honest, it was one of those things where I'm like, I think I was good at it and I enjoyed doing it, but it was so draining and like working one-on-one just felt like it didn't like give me life. It kind of like sucked the life out of me. Yeah. You have to focus on someone else's life. Right. (laughs) And then I was like, when I did motivational speaking, it was basically the same principles, but like to an audience. And I'm like, everyone's looking at me. Amazing. (laughs) This is what I wanted to (laughs) do. For sure. And of course that brought you out to the cavern and do you have any uh uh cherished memories of that time of, of being on stage when you what was your first time remember your first time up my first time um i don't remember much about the actual comedy i just remember meeting of course john b duff who um was like he was the host of it for the whole time basically that it was happening mm-hmm. and i love you know that's one. he's one of my my, my faves he's obviously now passed away but um yeah. He was actually quite kind to me, which is not everyone's first story with JBD. And he was like, I came and I like, I was like, where do I sign up? And he's like, put your name there. Like he was like, kind of like, you know, starting it up. And he hated when people would ask him questions when he was getting everything set up. But he was like, oh, okay, yeah. put your name there, whatever. And then um, I think he just kind of saw in me that I was like, I liked to perform. I was good at performing. And like my stand up was, I was learning stand up still though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of like, just like gave me words of encouragement of like, yeah, you're good. You know, as far as John B. Duff could give words of encouragement <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was very welcoming. But one of my favorite <laughs> memories of the cavern is that that's one, the only place I've ever been on stage when a fight broke out because two people were like, one person like started talking during my set and another person like got mad at them. It was trying to tell them to shut up. And then oh, the yeah. first guy was like, you shut up and whatever. And then a fight broke out because they were trying to like, one guy, I was trying to stop a heckler, basically, right. and then it broke out and spilled onto the stage, and I didn't know what to do, so I just kept, like, backing Holy up further shit. and further and further, and then I was, like, you know, I kept, like, at first, I kept telling the jokes, I was, like, ah, oh, the show must go on, it's show business, you've got to go. Yeah, you want to control then, the room, everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, just two big dudes fighting, and I was, like, uh, and then, like, John and, like, the bouncers and stuff had to, like, go grab them and literally, like, carry them out. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they fought outside, but I was, like... Do I keep going? Like I just sort of stood up there for a while, like, and thank you, I'm Aisha Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's my closer, everyone. Yeah, and every every time and after that, I had to have people fight, so I knew like this is what she does. It's Aisha, the one with all the fighting fans. Yeah, and, and I'm sure if those guys were at the back of the room, John would have had that taken care of right away. I don't know how many oh, times he's gotten people's faces about talking and being loud and. You know, he did, he would he respected the performer, that's for sure. The only one who could interrupt was him. I know, and I still, like, <laughs> I love that so much, and I miss... I, I used to come up with so many more, like, so much more to a joke. I'd go up with just a premise, because I would come by, and I'm like, I got nothing. He's like, just go up and talk. 
and we'll figure it out. And we would like banter back and forth. And yeah. some of my favorite like lines from jokes came from the banter that came from John and I speaking me on stage and him in the back with that mic. Oh, it was great. Exactly. I love that spot. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. He, he always he always would find that spot where it was needed or, or yep. you know, would be appreciated, you know. And totally. It's great. We all miss him here, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And, of course, you're doing Other Rooms, Handsome Daughter, I imagine, or whatever it was called back then. Yeah. I'm like, I don't remember what it was called then. That was sort of just when I was leaving-ish, I think. I was going back and forth to Toronto when it was, was it Handsome Daughter. Um, but Mike Green's Mike Green's room. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love I love Mike Green. Mm-hmm. I call him fuckable Mike Green because he always uh, <laughs> used to send <laughs> pictures and he always works out. He's got this fit little like Bruce Lee body. So I <laughs> I, I have him. I used to message him and be like <laughs> MFG, what's up? <laughs> to this day, he's fuckable Mike Green. He's got some of the best sex stories I've ever heard. That guy. Uh, and then uh, King's Head King's Head Comedy Nights on yeah. on Tuesday. Comedy Loser. And did you ever do anything else? That. Were you ever in the improv or uh, the I didn't start improv in Winnipeg at all. I did some improv in Toronto, but um, I, I, yeah, I like I never was into performing or anything when I was a kid, and I didn't even really know what improv was when I started stand up. And I, you know, so it was not a thing that I really. I watched improv when I was there, and that's the first sort of experience I had with it as an adult. And then yeah. was like, oh, this is cool, but terrifying and it wasn't until I was in Toronto that I actually tried it and it was fun when you when you moved to Toronto uh how old were you were you in your uh, mid-20s no I was in my 30s I didn't start comedy till I was 30 oh okay okay so you're in your 30s I um moved to Toronto on 2014 13 somewhere in there yeah so I was like 33 and um um, when you say improv second city or other yeah I did um the Bob Curry Fellowship, which was like their diversity program at Second City. Oh. So I did some improv and then had like an imp- like a group that we all would just like do shows once in a while. I didn't do a ton of it though. Not a it specific, wasn't like, my jam. Uh, like a bunch of, like a revolving door group or was there a specific name? It was, uh, what were we called? It was like the, the people who were in Bob Curry that then went on, what were we called? We didn't do, like, I mean, it wasn't like a trip that I was like with for years or something. So I think yeah. that's, I can't believe I've forgotten the name though. Ooh, that's horrible. Put me on the spot. I, you know, I know, that should be one of the questions, right? What was the name of the group you were in? I'm like, I don't know. I got nothing. All right, we'll move on from there then. Uh, how did you like uh, performing stand-up in Toronto as opposed to Winnipeg? Obviously it's bigger, huger. Mm-hmm. You could do it every night as opposed to, you know, every couple nights in Winnipeg. Yeah. How did you find it? I mean, it was an interesting move because I think in, when I was in Winnipeg, at least, like, moving to Toronto felt like a big deal. I'm like, oh, that's, like, there's so many great comedians there and there's yeah. so many rooms and you can do it every night and it's sort of romanticized. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and there's some amazing comedians in Toronto and there's also some really shitty comedians in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Where, like, yeah, I think in Winnipeg, like, if you're really bad or mean or whatever like you don't last like you just can't keep going in Winnipeg whereas right. in Toronto it's more anonymous and bigger so like people who are really bad and just go up and like literally talk about like they can spread the shit out yeah. you know what I mean but uh-huh. like they're like then they're not funny and they're mean people and stuff but they like are still doing it for many years right so I found I found like it was there was a lot of good, amazing comedians, and then there was a lot of really bad comedians, and the rooms were, like, sometimes they were packed and they were phenomenal, and sometimes it was, like, literally 
two other people in the room. So yeah. there was just more range in Toronto. Okay. But I really love Toronto as a city. So oh, yeah, cool me to too. There. I had the, the, kind of the same experience back in the late 90s. I moved there and spent four years there uh, doing comedy. That was actually when mm. Second City moved from the Fire Hall to uh, Blue Jay Way. So it was okay, an interesting yeah. time. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the Laugh Resort actually was in a different location. But when you were there, I'm assuming the Comedy Bar was the main spot for stand-up? Or where were you performing? Comedy Bar was like, yeah, huge. Comedy Bar and then um, Rivoli. The Rivoli. Rivoli, of course, um, yes. Which was run at the time, the comedy show, the one big one, was run by the agency that I belonged to. So I got to do a lot of the diamond, shows at the Rivoli. Diamond, uh, diamond Field. Yeah, yeah that's what I was field. with before. Mm-hmm. And that's been a um, long-running show. Like, it was going on when I was living there. Like, uh, yeah. themondayalt.com, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really cool venue. But yeah, the comedy bar was, like, a huge one. And then Black Dog, which was... It's, like, right beside the comedy bar or, like, right across the street, essentially, from the comedy bar. Oh, okay. um, and the two of those have, like, really great reputations for amazing shows all the time with, like, stand-up, sketch, improv, like, just everything under the, under the sun. And they're yeah. both run by comedians, which is cool. Yeah. Speaking of comedians, I was, you, you, you say you kind of jumped in after. Uh, you weren't really focusing on being a comedian uh, but so that means you weren't really listening to a lot of comedy growing up. Not really. You didn't really have any kind of stand-up idols growing up. No, like people often ask me, like, who were your like growing up? Who did you want to be like in stand-up? And I was like, I had never listened or watched stand-up. Like I had never wow. heard it. You know, it wasn't a part of like my family's life. My parents didn't listen to stand-up, so I didn't. Like I, so I still sometimes people are all your stand-up was, was the people around you that you were listening to. The, like really, yeah, I think it's like. Yeah, there's people, there's stand-up, there's comedy everywhere, right? Like, we're all drawing from the things we experience. But some people, like, have one. I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. That was my, I, like, loved SNL. And that's the thing, like, the one comedy thing that I watched as a kid. I remember being able to stay up sometimes late enough to watch it. And, like, dying laughing at, you know, Eddie Murphy and... um, uh, like Maya Rudolph and she was like all oh, it's just like it's been on forever so oh, yeah, it's like a real yeah. go-to place that's what made me want to get into doing acting actually is the fact that I loved SNL we didn't even get to the fact that you're, you're doing this uh, you have an album which was released uh, oh yeah all mm-hmm. the parts you can get it if you go to AishaAlpha.com you're going to see some links and an excellent website by the way I love thank it thank you so I made that myself very <laughs> cool very cool um uh, you mentioned that you were on Degrassi. I don't know how that flew over my head that you were on Degrassi. I know like, I was a huge Degrassi fan from the very beginning. You know, Degrassi oh, yeah. Junior High. And uh, to be honest, I haven't been watching a lot of the new stuff. But yeah. wow, how was that experience being on Degrassi, acting on the show? It was cool. Like, I I also, like, I loved, I watched Kids of Degrassi, which was even before <laughs> Degrassi Junior High. Yeah. And I loved Degrassi because it was so... Canadian and it was so real like the the kids on it looked like us like they yeah. had pimples and they had like f- you know fuzzy hair and stuff and now I feel like it's a lot more polished like it's a lot more you know like beautiful people saying like having beautiful people problems but sure. um I mean in addition to having like real life problems that every kid's going through they're still talking about you know depression and like racism and all the kind of things that kind of cycle through but yeah. the experience was really cool I mean like, I was a teacher on it, so that's why a lot of people, I think, it flies over their head. What was I'm your not, character? Like, a character that's known. Ms. Grell. I know that you've had anxiety before, so let's start by making a list of all this stuff. 
So what's on your plate? I was a teacher. I was a teacher for remedial, and then I switched to being a multimedia teacher, and mm. then I switched to being a student counselor. So just like a real teacher, they just <laughs> moved me from place to place. Um, and it was just an audition. The, just an audition you went to, or did you did you know somebody? No, it was an audition that I went. I did an audition and then just lucked out because usually the teachers are there for like a small bit and then they're just like gone. But I had like a couple seasons of and different, you know, story arcs with the kids and stuff, which yeah. was kind of cool. It was great though. Like the, the all the actors who play the students are like really phenomenal. They were really great actors and like cool people. Yeah. And they really, they are the age-ish that they are playing. So they're not like... 30 years old playing 18 like they're all like between sort of 16 and 20 right um and they all really like pretty much all of them had their shit together and like really knew what they were doing and were not like child star actors who were just jerks or something like they were all really like smart and cool and knew how to act so it was kind of cool and uh, were you on much music or uh, yeah i was the the host for um on video i did video on trial when they did it like Talking Heads, and then they had yes. a version where they had like an actual host for part of one season, mm-hmm. um, and I was the host of that when they did it. Your host, Aisha Alpha. J Lo is to acting what Wayne Gretzky is to acting. You know, it was Canada and Bell Media, and then Bell came and bought Much Music, and then fired everybody, so they the show stopped, and that was the end of it. So. Yeah, it's too bad because I, I I could be wrong, but Trevor Boris, I think that was his baby. Uh, yeah, boys. he loved that. Yeah. yeah, I think he was um, involved in a lot of stuff with Much Music. I mean, I mean, Bell, it's kind of crazy because, like, Canada's media is now shifting and changing, but I feel like there were all these conglomerates who sort of, like, bought everything and then, like, didn't really... Like, Much Music was such, a, like, an iconic, you know, station and channel and, like, history, and I feel like they bought it but, like, didn't really know how to do it, so it yeah. just sort of fell through the cracks a little bit, but, like, right. you know... Rap City and like all these like all this indie music like my brother his um, freak show his rap group they had a video on Much Music back in the day and that's it was right. like whoa like, and so your brother's cool. as, as Myla Alpha you hear him every day mm-hmm. on CBC that's my brother he's the most up person there <laughs> <laughs> people used to ask if we were married because they had never seen him they're like oh he has the same last name are you guys married I'm like that's my brother we look exactly the same like there's no way that's <laughs> my husband so creepy. All right, so you're in Toronto, you're hanging out there, you're doing your thing. Um, at this point, are, are you going to see other stand-ups who are coming into town? The first time I saw Bill Burr was in Toronto, and it was when um, Toronto did um, JFL 42, which is like sort of the off-season Just for Laughs festival that they have in Toronto. Yeah. And I went with Jordan Wellwood. He was in town for um, to do a show, part of the JFL 42. Right, what and a big comedian, Jordan. I love him, and uh, we just we were just texting today, and um, Bill went on, and it was the early show, and he just kept going and going and going, and then finally, after like an hour and a half, he was like, "Is someone gonna give me a fucking light? When do I end? I don't know what this." And then he realized he had gone on so long, and when we left, there was like a lineup around the whole block because it was like the show was supposed to have already started for the second show, but he just kept on going, and everyone's like, "I guess we just let him go." That's right. Yeah. Um, you gotta get a light. I saw, I'm like, I saw him. I saw Gina Yashere. I did a bunch of shows with David Keckner, and then when I came to LA, he put me on some shows here. Wow. And we're like still pals, and yeah, oh, it was a amazing. cool place. Yeah, he's like the nicest person alive. I don't too. know if I've he's ever so seen wonderful. him do stand up. Yeah, I think it was sort of like he was. He was. I don't know if he'd ever done it previously, but he was like starting it like in earnest, and he was like really working his stand up routine yeah. to 
do some stuff. So he does, yeah, he does it still now, I think. I loved him on SNL when he played Norm's little brother. I don't know if you remember oh, him. <laughs> it was I the most very, it would just be like, hey, <laughs> he, just, he would tell like just a horrible joke and go on this string of uh, words that just kind of associate with uh, with each other. I'm not even going to try to attempt it, but Norm's little brother. <laughs> got a, he's awesome. Uh, yeah. At what point did you decide to leave Toronto? I um, had uh, an opportunity to... I was in the NBC stand-up... It was called Stand-Up for Diversity then. Now it's just called Stand-Up NBC. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially like a search through America. And at the time, they were also going to Vancouver in Canada as like one of their searching places. This is a network um, show? It's um, a comedy competition, but it's not a televised thing. Oh, okay, okay. So it's just part of their programming. But um, I went to Vancouver and didn't have to do the first round. I got to like skip to the second round and then what made it into the like the semifinals in Vancouver and then found out like later on that year that I got into the finals and then they fly you down to Los Angeles and put you up yeah. and you do a show at the Hollywood improv. And then Were you um, freaking out or did you handle it pretty well? Like you're like, well, yeah, I got this. Like I got crazy. this. It didn't seem, it didn't seem like it, it was very exciting and crazy, but at the time, like so much stuff was going on for me. Like I was really like doing a lot of acting. I was doing a lot of stand up. This just sort yeah. of felt like, Oh yeah, this fits in place. This makes sense. I eventually want to go to Los Angeles. This is great. And I think I didn't realize excuse me, until afterwards, how big of a deal it was. Right. Um, until, like, I went down to L.A., and two of my girlfriends from Toronto, one of them was a flight attendant, so she, the two of them came down for free and stayed in my hotel room with me because we were like, oh, let's have a trip to L.A. Yeah. And then, like, Beautiful. we had to, like, do our, 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 our set for all the NBC executives, and then they gave us notes before the show started, and I was like, holy shit, like, this is, like, the head of development for diversity at NBC that I'm just, like, having a chat with about my comedy. Wow, Um, wow. And then I didn't, like, win the thing, Nick Guerra did, but that year, which is just crazy to me, that year NBC decided to take almost everybody who was in the finals, I think there's only, like, one or two people who weren't invited, to go to NACA, which is the... the um, university showcase where you showcase for all the universities so you can go and perform there. Um, yeah, just one show or a tour? One show? It's like, um, it, the NACA is where like you go to like basically audition and all the university reps come and then they decide who they want to book for the year. Awesome. Okay, I got it. Yeah, but NBC like like usually it's like a very expensive thing like not you can't really do it unless you have like a lot of money or whatever or you're like really famous but NBC paid for all of us to be in NACA did an, an NBC showcase where like they had their own show for all the like for all of us wow. and then when it, like all these people booked us and then we just made all the money like NBC didn't take any of the money they just we just got to then tour in universities so like I did a whole year of just touring colleges around the states oh and like God. making American money and like hanging out with like guys I did the show with right. it was great it was like such an amazing year was that year are you is your home base still in Toronto or at, during that year you you kind of shifted and moved that year my home base was still in Toronto but I had oh. a working visa so yeah. that I could just do stand up mm-hmm. but then I got um, I auditioned for and was accepted into the ABC their like diversity program where it's like you come down and you do sort of like a workshop all together a bunch of actors and like comedic actors and you have a big showcase in front of networks and then a lot of people go on to be cast in different like shows and they wanted me for that but I had the wrong kind of visa, so I couldn't actually do it. Right. And so I was like, oh, man, like, I better, like, go back to Toronto and, like, think about getting my 
green card and being able to work there at some point. You definitely have the bug now. You're going to L.A. Then I was like, yeah, I need to go. And I had an agent from the night, the NBC thing. This agent at APA saw me and he's like, oh, we want to sign her. So I mm-hmm. had an agent already here. Um, and then I just like worked on getting my green card. And then when I did... I came down and like I had already been coming back and forth because yeah. I had the other visa, mm-hmm. so I could do like you know festivals and whatnot. So it was a good like smooth transition into like being here. And now you're by yourself too, right? You don't have friends with you this time. You don't have uh... no. I was just I was yeah. I mean, which is kind of my mo. I often am just like all right, bye. I'm just moving to a new country. Yeah, um, yeah it is kind of your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I came down and. I stayed on my friend Rawl, um, his couch for two months. Rawl, actually, randomly, I didn't even realize this when we became friends, but he was um, in Cool Runnings. He's one of the bobsledders in Cool Runnings. And it was so funny because we had met at a couple festivals, and I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. He's like, well, you can stay on my couch till you find a place. And we were out one time, and someone was like, oh, my God, you're the guy from Cool Runnings. And he's like, yeah, and he was taking pictures. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're pretending to be the guy from Cool Runnings. And he's like... I said, I am the guy from Cool Runnings. And I was like, no wonder you looked familiar when I first met you. Like, I was, like, so dumb. Wow. It was so funny. What, what's his yeah. last name? I don't, don't remember. Raul D. Lewis. Raul so D. he Lewis. was, um, what's his name? Bevel. The one who was, like, the good boy who had to, like, break away from his overbearing father. Oh, man. I haven't seen it in that long since. What year he, is that even? My God. He's the one who they did the talk of, like, um... I'm a badass mother who don't take no crap from nobody. He was the one doing that. I have a question for you. What's the shift of living in uh, Toronto compared to living in LA? Just as, well, as, yeah, just not even as far as like shows and that, but just the lifestyle. It's, I mean, in, I love Toronto because it's a walking city. Yes. It's very much like New York in that way where there's like a subway system. There's um, the streetcar system. There's a bus system. It's like, you really just like walk. So part of it is like, you're seeing people, you're really experiencing the city. So you're, you, you know, you're walking past a restaurant, you're like, I'm going to try that place next week or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you walk, sure. you see your pals on the street. They're like, we're going to go to a show. You're like, cool. I'll just join you. So it's a real, like you're part of the city. Yeah. And then LA is very much a driving city. You know, it's massive and it's based on highway systems and all this stuff. So you're getting in a car, then you're going to your destination, you get out, you do your show, or you, like, go see your friends or go for food, yeah. but then, like, you just get in a car and go to the next place, so, and I was just Ubering and lifting everywhere, so I really wasn't paying attention, so I literally had no clue at all the layout of the city, I just didn't know, you know, so it was a really different experience, and I think a lot of people feel like, you can feel really isolated because you don't really interact with people in the same way you do in some other cities right right and i also hear like driving around la is just like the worst because it's just you know it's a pretty big city and there's a lot of traffic all the time it's not like rush hour is like for an hour and it's done it's just like always people yeah and then when you when you're there and uh you obviously you're hitting the stage you're doing stand-up and uh are you doing like the the big time places the comedy store the improv are you doing these places right off the bat i was kind of like doing everything i got i was lucky because like for example one of the first shows i did was david keckner was doing a show at the hollywood improv so he's like come and you can open for me um so that was great and i already knew the improv people because NBC did their showcase there, so I sort of had an in already. Yeah. 
So when I came, I like talked to Jamie Flam, who interestingly enough is the person who then started the Dynasty Typewriter, which is where I filmed my album and like recorded my album. Oh, you did but, the like, Typewriter, the Dynasty Typewriter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I hear Mark Maron talking about that place, and yeah, yeah, it's the best. I love it there. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I was like doing some clubs and then just doing a lot of like. I mean, there's literally like 20 shows a night here like more than that probably right so if you're willing to do them like there's backyard shows that are cool there's like backyard you know restaurant shows, coffee really? shows but they you... have amazing backyard shows here because people have like if you have a backyard it's usually like everyone wants to come over because you know not everyone has every, a lot of people live in apartments here and stuff too but <laughs> oh um, i get it yeah yeah there's like backyard shows here where people had like proper like lights hanging off garages and like ca- video cameras like in- permanently installed to like you know see the um see all the stage it was like crazy some of them were like amazing and like phenomenal production value <laughs> right yeah and i guess some of those backyards have got to be phenomenal yeah yeah for sure yeah. uh is there any particular place you enjoy more than others i mean obviously the dynasty typewriters where you love the dynasty typewriter so. also the hollywood improv is like sort of my home club home base club where I hosted it. I hosted a semi-regular show there for a while. Um, and I host, I often, it's called, um, pretty, or no, nice and funny. Nice and funny. Okay. And it was people who were very funny and also very nice humans. (laughs) That was my whole premise for the show. (laughs) Nice people who are funny. Um, but yeah, I like, I host shows there and then get spots there a lot. So that's sort of like my, place yeah and did you hook up with the hook up wrong bad choice of words <laughs> Were, uh, did you see ron lynch because i know he came down to the, uh, oh, the yeah. festival i was wondering if you did his shows or of course i love ron he's just one of the best humans that's ever touched the earth and um i used to do his um ron you know his tomorrow show i used to do that right. pretty regularly especially when i first moved i lived not far from where it took place so i did that a bunch um, but now it's hard to do a show that starts at midnight as like a mom of a young one. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All your nightlife has been put on hold for a while. It's I a guess. little bit of a different, yeah, different scene, but, mm-hmm. and are you getting into the whole uh, audition grind of having to go out? Well, once again, everything's kind of stopped. So these questions are a little outdated. Yeah. yeah I was, I'm, I was doing a lot of auditioning. I was, you know, I was on a couple shows here. What shows? Um, <laughs> I, I was on an episode of Criminal Minds where I was like the main um, person. Ooh. And then I was on Sorry for Your Loss with Elizabeth Olsen. And also, most recently, Good Trouble until COVID shut it all down. Oh, yeah. And you found this experience rewarding or, you know? Yeah, it was amazing. Especially so on Criminal Minds, the episode that I did, I auditioned for and then was directed by Aisha Tyler. Which was phenomenal because she's on that show. Oh, so she and she's one of the comedians where I'm like, obviously, like you know, we spell our names the same, but we say them differently. So I was always like, ah, I love her. She's great. She's so funny. And then I walked into this audition, and Aisha Tyler's sitting there, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I remember just being like, and it's a serious, you know, it's a serious show. It's not a comedy, but I was like, don't embarrass yourself, Aisha. Just go in and do the audition, or whatever. And then the first thing I said, she's like, oh, that's funny, you know. You're, and I was like, yeah, I pronounce it. Aisha, and then I told her a story about how one time I went on stage at um, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and um, was introduced as Aisha Tyler, and then they had to stop and, like, go back and reintroduce me because, obviously, that was not my name, and she was dying. She's like, that's amazing. That's an amazing story to start this audition off with. That's right. Um, you got to get yeah. it right. This is being televised. 
right? So, but it was like a cool experience to, you know, um, see her and work with her and yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. And what, where like, did you I start? What was your first acting. your first acting gig? Whether it be live or uh, televised. My film. first acting gig was a commercial um, in Winnipeg for. Um, a financing, like a sort of a um, refinancing company for your car that I, I got and they paid me, I think it was like 200 bucks or something to like film this commercial. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, $200. This is crazy. And then they played it like multiple times a day, every single day for like months and months on end. And then, but it was like not, I wasn't unionized. So I just like, that's, I just got my $200 check personally written from the guy. Yeah. And then they did two more commercials and I was like, you have to pay me $500 each commercial. And they were like, all right. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to pay me all this money. And then, you know, and for years, they used those commercials for years. And then when I finally got to act in like a union, like a set or an actra, and here it's SAG after a commercial. Yeah. And you realize how much more money you make when you actually make a, like a scale rate plus residuals. I was like, oh my God, I've missed out on like tens of thousands of dollars. Exactly. Especially all the repeat viewings. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you it was start pretty somewhere, funny. right? That sounds cool. Yeah. Do you remember the great. name of that thing? Or it was some... oh, what was it called? It was like, um, it was like a, num- a phone number was the name. It was like 1 800 car or something, car loans or something like that. It was like they played it when people, like in between football games, when it's like people probably gambled their money away and need to like refinance like their car to get money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? This is maybe, or, you know, I don't know if uh, you saw him, whatever. In the last year or so, uh, Stephen Brody Stevens passed away. And, uh, or oh, yeah. I guess about a year, year and a bit. Uh, did you ever get to see him do comedy? Yeah, actually, I saw him. Um, I went to the very first taping of Nikki Glazer's TV talk show she did. She did it, I don't oh. think it was only for one season, mm-hmm. but I went to the very first taping of it because um, one of my girlfriends knew people who were involved. Nice. And um, Brody Stevens was, um, he was doing the crowd warm up because he was friends with her. So she, he like came in and he's like, all right guys, we're going to make this the best show possible. And he was just very like walking around, chatting with people, talking, and he had like really good, big, big, awesome energy. Did you know of um, him beforehand or was this your, I had not, I didn't know about him before that. Yeah. And then I, you know, would be at, I, we were not like friends or anything, but I would like see him perform um, at different clubs and stuff when I would be there for a show. Oh, okay. Um, so you so yeah, knew of I, him at that point. I, right, yeah, I just knew he was like a comedian in LA who was like beloved by everybody. Yeah, That's yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. But I wasn't, I didn't get a chance to be, come friends with him or close to them or anything like that. So, but it was yeah. so sad. Like so many people were hurting when they found out about him, him passing. Oh yeah, there was a, you know, the, the whole community... <laughs> That I witnessed, uh, you know, they did a whole comedy store thing, and yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. uh, pretty affected by that, or at least the people that I would listen to on podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, uh, famously, Bill Burr has uh, put you on the All Things Comedy. Uh, how, how, yeah. did you, how did you meet Bill Burr, or how did that come about? I met Bill when I was doing, oh, another place in, in um, LA where I do shows is the Largo, which is sort of like a famous um, venue for music mm-hmm. for um you know improv well not tons of improv but like for some improv um and then for comedy yeah uh sarah silverman does her show there Patton oswald nick kroll they have their regular monthly shows so i did i did nick kroll's show and then i did wow. a couple other shows there and i was on with um 
Bill for one of them. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I had just finished watching the first season of F is for Families animated series. Right. And so I walked backstage and I was like, oh my God, I just finished watching it. And I was like gushing about how much I loved it. And he was like, ah, cool, you know. And wow. then he saw me, you know, he heard me from the back doing comedy. And he's like, ah, it sounds like you killed it. That's awesome. And then. <laughs> That's your Bill and <laughs> Beautiful. The next time I saw him, we were doing a, it was called, it's Paul Shear's show and tell that they do at the Largo where you he has people come up and just like bring something and then tell stories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was myself, Bill, Paul and busy Phillips all on the same show. Yeah. And I went up to, to Bill and I was like, you know, this guy's probably not gonna remember me. He meets a million people. And I was like, Hey, I met you here last time when I was doing a show here. My name's Aisha. And he's like, I know who you fucking are. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, and then when I was leaving, he's like, I'm going to call you to like sometime for a show or something. He's like, I've got your number. And I was like, I don't think you do. He's like, no, I've got your number right here. It says Aisha. And I was like, I've never given you my number. Right. So I don't know who that is. And then he's like, well, is it? And he read off the number and I was like, no, that's not me. He's like, all right, okay, cool. What's your number? You know? Wow. Um, that's cool. But so we met there and then I'm just like, we've done shows together and like hung out. He's just like a cool person and like has become a real like, I hate to say the word mentor, but, like, more so, like, where I can actually just talk to him about life stuff. I talked to him about, like, when I was getting married and, like, thinking about having a kid and, like, what's my career going to be like? And he's got, you know, a kid, so he was kind of, like, he gave me great advice about life and comedy and, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He would be an advice machine as far as, like, a stand-up career, a father, you know, being a parent and uh, might, might even say a life coach. (laughs) Right, <laughs> coach to coach, baby. Yeah, uh, he's great. Let's do the money shot. We're gonna do All the right. mental money shot for Aisha Alpha. Yay. And Aisha, what we're uh, gonna do is we're gonna give you a hundred questions in your face, rapid fire st- style, rapid fire. And uh, the whole idea is we're gonna work as a team. We're gonna do it. We're gonna. It's never been done. But um, I'm gonna is try it like my a, best. In a certain time amount of time. Yeah, five minutes. We got five minutes okay. to do this. And, I'm putting uh, a timer on so I can judge where we're at. Oh my god, it's so exciting! That's actually interesting. Yeah, no one's. I don't think anyone's ever. Uh, occasionally, you'll be able to see the timer, but it's not set up that way. So yeah, I'm too competitive to not <laughs> want to win this. That's right. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so, Aisha Alpha, tonight's money shot is. Everybody wants eighteen dollars and eighty-five cents. They never give up. Everybody wants $18.85, they'll take your money shot and never give up. What's your name? Aisha. What's my name? Ron. Name, name the Canadian Prime Minister. Justin Trudeau. Do you like olives? Yes. Uh, do you like liver? Yes. Have you ever had haggis? No. How much coffee do you drink? Two cups a day. How much water do you drink? More than eight cups a day. Swimming pools, yes or no? Yes. Uh, favorite female vocalist? Ooh, um, Aretha Franklin. Favorite female non-vocalist? My mom. Have you ever worn a ring on your toe? No. Do you sing? Yes. Do you sing happy birthday? I sing the black version. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Can you dance? Yes. Uh, where do you read? Where do I read? In my house. I read in bed, usually. Okay, name, name a book you own. Uh, I own uh, Children of Blood and Bone. What do you look forward to? Oh, my child loving me all his life. <laughs> name something gross. Bananas. Name a beastie boy. Oh, my daughter too. 
Oh my god. Oh, um, I don't know. Feel free to pass. Feel free to pass. Name a primary color. Green. Oh, but blue. <laughs> um, do you take vitamins? <laughs> yes. Do you enjoy camping? Yes. Uh, how do you like your eggs? Over easy. Uh, who's your celebrity crush? Oh my god. Come on, um, come on. Uh, uh, it's going to be Idris Elba. Uh, who's your sports team? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Has someone ever stolen your bike? Yes. Have you ever stolen a bike? No. Uh, do you like garage sales? Say yes. <laughs> Name a former <laughs> pet. Name a former pet. Brandy. Name a musical duo. Delicious. Can you play guitar? Nope. Can you play piano? Nope. Can you play the tuba? I can a little bit. Ooh, nice. Can you play the French horn? No. Can you play saxophone? I have. I can make a sound. Can you play the xylophone? Absolutely. Can you play cymbals? Uh-huh. Name a dwarf yes. from Snow White. Sleepy. Name a member of NWA. Uh, oh, um, Ice Cube. Favorite Prince song? Black Sweat. Oh, my God. Which album uh, is that song from? Uh, I passed. I can't oh, remember. Gotta pass that. Uh, what would you, uh, uh, what would you name a band you're in? Penguin City. Oh, nice. What's today's date? June 17th. What day of the week is it? Uh, Wednesday. Favorite day of the week. We gotta pick it up. Wednesday. Uh, early riser or sleep in? Sleep in. Favorite breakfast? Uh, I like to have noodles for breakfast. Uh, favorite lunch? I like to have, um, <laughs> a soup. Favorite dinner? <laughs> Come on! Favorite dinner is soup? Favorite salad? Steak. Oh, steak, yeah. Favorite Greek, salad. Greek salad. Uh, do you like iced tea sweetened or non-sweetened? Non-sweetened. Best restaurant in L.A.? Win. Uh, cost not copy fix. Uh, Oyster House. Name a restaurant in Toronto. Odd Name a restaurant in Winnipeg. Segovia, but it's gone now. Oh, have you ever seen a movie at a drive-in? Yes. Name a Bruce Lee movie. Enter the Dragon. What would you buy at Robin's Donuts? Ooh, uh, I would get their soup. It's delicious. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you own a record player? Yes. Do you own a VHS player? No. What piece would you pick in Monopoly to, to be you? The shoe. Do you own a landline? No. Do you pay for a gym membership? No. Uh, what's the biggest problem with Hollywood? Driving. Uh, best subject in school? Phys ed. Name a product you've done a commercial for. The 1-800 car loans. <laughs> name a Sesame Street character. One minute. Oscar the seconds. Uh, name a golden girl. Blanche. Uh, game show host. Name one. Alex Trebek. Name a game show host or game show you'd like to be on. Jeopardy. Favorite toy growing up? Bucky. It was a plastic horse. Did you get a driver's license the first time? Nope. Name a Pokemon character. I don't know. Pass. Uh, <laughs> uh, name a comic you love. Uh, Tom and Jerry. Do you buy uh, Do you buy lotto, lotto tickets? Yes. Uh, do you play poker? Yes. Do you play bingo? Yes. A superpower you'd like to have? Invisibility. Have you ever been lost? Yes. Have you ever been, uh, uh, can you draw? Can I draw? No. Can you paint? Yes. Have you ever been selected for jury duty? No. Can you sculpt? Yes. Uh, have you used a pottery wheel? No. Have you seen the movie Ghost? Yes. Have you seen the ghost? Yes. Name a character from Scooby-Doo. Ten seconds. Uh, uh Scooby-Doo. <laughs> have you scuba-dived? Yes. Have you skydived? Yeah, no. Have you ever worn a life jacket? Damn it! <laughs> How far did I get? 91. What? 
91. Uh, that was not bad though. I mean, I was feeling it. I, I thought like halfway we were we were doing really well. We're only a couple behind, but man. What, what's the what's the maximum anyone's ever done? Oh God, I, I think it was ninety six. Jeff Hughes. Wow, well done, Jeff. I got to uh, I gotta go through that again. I really should keep record for this. Tried my best. I said, you're amazing. You're just fantastic. You got a new album out. You got a special. Please go to AishaAlpha.com. You're going to find all her tour dates when she's touring. You're going to see uh, videos. You got the information on your album and, and social yes. media. Do you, do, you, do you want to? Well, actually, all that social media is on there, too, right? Yeah, uh, it's all just the same. It's all just my name, Aisha Alpha. Instagram, Twitter, all the same. That must be nice. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, well, uh, thanks very much. Just Thank you for having uh, me on. This was so fun. This was really great. Uh, it's, it's been my pleasure. And, uh, of course, we miss you. Winnipeg miss you. I miss you. Can't wait to see you again live at some point. I know. I'm hoping that everything will be done restriction-wise for traveling so that we can come back for the Christmas holiday for sure, but hopefully sometime in the summer, too. Yeah, the yeah. The late summer, I guess, but, yeah. All right, well, we'll you see. keep it real out there. Keep it real. Yeah, keeping it peg real. <laughs>